Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. National men of mystery, chaps with crooked teeth and bubbly British blondes with more than a handful. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike and joining me are my fellow Carry On fans, AJ and Jonathan Astro. <laughs> How goes it? Mm, those milky titties. <laughs> you, got, you got me with the handful yeah. one. More than a handful. That's good. Great. More than a handful. Very nice. <laughs> Very good. And this they were. This is Carry On Spying from 1964, directed by Gerald Thomas, written by Talbot Rothwell and Sid Collin. Pigmen all, I, I <laughs> suge- assume. You know. Uh, now I'm guessing neither of you had seen this movie. No. It's the first time for mm. me too. Uh, the big draw card for me was that it's the main star was Kenneth Williams, mm. who, if people remember from our Carry On Up the Kyber episode, he was the the Kazi of of Calabar. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I believe in brown in brown face mm. in brown face, uh, and here he is again uh, playing sort of a James Bond figure. Uh, but early in James Bond, like that's the, I mean, obviously the books have been around for a little bit, but but the movies had only just started. Mm. So I mean, Doctor No and from Russia with Love, maybe at least, yeah, had come out, and uh, and here we've got you know. An ample spoof. Yes, yeah. On all, on all that, it's it's the first uh, James Bond spoof. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that's big. You know, I mean, like to think about it. I mean, this was so long ago, 1964. Yeah. And you know, James Bond is still going. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, they got the idea to do this film because a James Bond film was filming at Pinewood Studios, which they also used to make these Carry On films. So. They just saw what was happening next door and went, hey, let's let's uh, get in on that. I love the idea of Carry On being, well, it's spoof in general, but Carry On, it's like, it's the shadow side, you know, because what they're saying is they're sort of, they're, they're, they're uh, popping the balloon of pomposity. They're saying, who do you think mm. you are, you know, and, and we need more of that because we're not allowed to do that. Right so now, much fun. Well, I had a good time. I had a great time. was the beginning of a desperate counter-espionage operation. Somewhere in London, the chief of British security knew that the fate of the entire free world hung by a thread. Oh, thank goodness for that. I thought I'd been filed for life. The dangerous haunts of the secret agent... Cafe Mozart, 10 o'clock. ...had been invaded. suave, sophisticated excitement of international intrigue has been taken apart. Just now, somebody tried to shoot me. Shoot you where? In the Schnitzelstrasse. Oh, it sounds like it might be very painful. If you haven't already guessed, you're welcome to the worst kept secret of all time. We just can't stop people passing on the hilarious news. It's Carry On Spying. <laughs> Oh, 
starring Kenneth Williams as secret agent Desmond Simpkins. All ready to get off a slick draw like that, you see? Oh, Mr. Simpkins, that was wonderful. So mm -hmm. make these things the right way round. Barbara Windsor as Honeybutt, codename Brown Cow. Bernard Cribbins as Agent Harold Crump. Charles Hawtrey as Agent Charlie Bind, who also had trouble with his drawers. Eric Barker as the Chief. Dillis Lay as Lilla, a dangerous enemy spy. I thought it was one of those awful men. I am one of those awful men. Here is excitement to leave you breathless. With laughter, as Peter Rogers and Gerald Thomas bring you the latest in the fabulous Carry On series. Don't you know walls have ears? Yes, and so have I. And you've just put your dirty great foot in one of them. And what a Carry On, as they take the lid off the Casbah and show you just what's cooking. the startling dramatic climax in the secret headquarters of the infamous Dr. Crow. You have been warned. This film is especially designed to find out just how much laughter you can take. I'm free! I'm free! So the film opens with the stealing of a top-secret formula by an international terrorist organization called the Society for the Total Extinction, Extinction of Non-Conforming Humans, a.k.a. Stench. Uh, British intelligence... <laughs> Ricky liked that. <laughs> British intelligence wants to get the formula back. Uh, but wait, d just quickly, what's the formula to? Does anyone know? No. Uh, no. It might as well just be the microfilm. Okay. The formula, uh, they want to get the formula back, uh, uh, but all their top guys seem to be busy, so they're forced to engage the enthusiastic and bumbling Simpkin, Simpkins, played by Kenneth Williams, along with three trainees, Agent, Agent Harold Crump, codename Blue Bottle, Agent Charlie Bind, codename Yellow Peril, and Agent Daphne Honeybutt, codenamed Brown Cow. <laughs> simple. The, agent, the agents travel to Vienna and attend the Café Mozart in pursuit of the formula. But uh, to be honest, uh, the stench agents don't seem to, to, to be too worried about our team being there uh, bumbling about. Uh, they're kind of fully aware of them and just are going about their business as normal. And one of the stench agents makes contact with uh, someone called the Fat Man, who is tasked with getting the formula back from the Milchman or the Milkman. Uh, he's the one who originally stole the formula in the first place. So the fat man's tasked with getting the formula back. He's then to dispatch the milkman after that, okay? But really, all our heroes end up doing at the Cafe Mozart is sort of foiling another British agent uh, called Carstairs from doing his job. And they all seem to be uh, in possession of these top this top-secret formula and sort of hand it back to the people who, uh, who have, uh, who you know, the stench people, um, you know. So they're blowing it, left, right, and center. Anyway, <laughs> the milkman is dispatched by uh, Stench, but he manages to tell Agent Simpkins and Co. that the formula is now with the fat man in Algiers, and off the team go to Algiers. The fat man is relaxing at a house of ill repute called Hakim's Fun House. So Daphne and Harold sneak in dressed as dancing girls. Uh, note the pair are also becoming romantically involved. Carstairs, that's the, the sort of. Uh, genuine agent busts in and attempts to steal the formula from the fat man which would basically mean that the mission would be complete but he's again foiled by Simpkins who knocks him out and takes the formula 
The agents celebrate their win as they take a train out of Vienna, but are sprung by stench agents along along with a mysterious woman called Lila or Leela. Back into uh, back into a corner, the gang have no choice but to destroy the formula by eating it with soup and bread. <laughs> <laughs> but not before Daphne stores the formula in her photographic memory. Now captured, they are all taken to the underground and futuristic headquarters of Stench. Daphne is interrogated by the evil head of the organization, the gender-bending Dr. Crow. Daphne withstands all the, the inter, uh, interrogative uh, techniques, but accidentally bumps her head on the machine when she is uh, released, and she begins involuntarily reciting the formula, which Dr. Crow records onto a reel-to-reel tape. So Simpkins, Crump, and Bind uh, escape and rescue Daphne and steal the reel containing the audio recording of the formula. While trying to escape the lair, they become caught in an elaborate factory set piece, which causes them to lose all of their clothes, but not their lives, as the mysterious Leela pulls a gun on Dr. Crow and has they them reverse the process. (laughs) (laughs) As they are escaping, Leela reveals herself to Simpkins. She's actually a double agent for the Society for the Neutralizing of Germs, a.k.a. Snog, (laughs) and it's clear that the pair have hit it off. The heroes ascend the lift of the lair and discover that it actually is located directly under the British uh, intelligent headquarters. Oh, sorry. The, uh, the, the, yeah, so that's where the lair is. The film ends with our heroes victorious and the stench headquarters self-destructing below, filling the chief's room with smoke. Okay. Delightful. The end. Stench. It's so simple. <laughs> that's so good. Because <laughs> in Bond it's Smirsh. That's right. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. So, so good. Yes. So AJ, what did you have? Um, I think it's interesting how Kenneth Williams' voice is different. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's completely he's, different. It is because because when he's the, when he's the Kazi, well, he's putting on a bit of an accent there. Mm, but in accent. most of the movies, it's like that. Yeah, in, in Carry On Camping. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's like, camp. oh, matron. Yes. Take them away. Yes. Take them away. So I don't think I've ever heard him speak like this. <laughs> to speak this sort yes. of, and again, I'm so embarrassed that I don't know different British accents. Like, you know, then again, that's why they, no other country knows if we're we're bogans or not. Like, they're, they, <laughs> you could be from anywhere and they're like, oh, you, you scallywag. And you're like, yeah, they, they don't know. So yeah. I, I don't know. But it's obviously working class. That's mm. the joke. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, but it's, but I mean, are we just going to tiptoe around the fact that it's it's flaming, that it's a flaming yes. homosexual <laughs> accent? But I feel like it's less homosexual than his other ones. Yes, <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> that's big. I feel like it was more working class this one. Yes, mm. it's still. It did it have camp, sort though. of the Frank from it's, Some Others Do Have Them sort of? Vibe? Oh, Betty. <laughs> Is there bit, sort yeah. of a little bit of that in there or not really? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually prefer Kenneth Williams when he's outraged by female bodies and heterosexual sex. Me which, too. Which doesn't happen in this one. Where in this one, he is like he's, he's obviously not straight because of the voice and stuff, but he is mm. straight because he's interested in that chick snog. at the end and they, the snogger. Yeah. yeah, so... <laughs> yes. No. Well, I. Well, obviously, everyone agreed with you because I think he does the other thing in all the other ones. Yeah. And yeah. this is early, so. Mm. Yeah. Is this know, one pe- of his first ones? Maybe. 
Well, it's the first appearance of Barbara Windsor. Oh. And it's the last black and white. Ah, that's interesting. They were they were going to shoot it in color, but they were gifted some black and white film. So because <laughs> they're always doing this shit on the cheap, the carry on films. They're like, okay, mm. we'll just do it in black and white then. Well, but it was quite big budget though. Like in comparison to, I mean, what you'd expect because carry on camping is just them in paddocks. Whereas yeah. here we've got <laughs> evil lairs, like with yeah. big, you know, big set pieces at the end yeah. in the in the in the um the stench headquarters. Mm. But they, I'm sure they borrowed that from existing productions that were happening. Oh, sure, yeah, mm. yeah. I don't think they built it for, you know, <laughs> built, but still. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I think we covered it last time, just before we move off Kenneth Williams. Uh, so Kenneth Williams and Charles Hawtrey, uh, who mm. was Muggins in, in you know, one Camping. of the previous films. Yeah. Camping. They love putting him in shorts. Why are they <laughs> love obsessed it. with him in shorts? In sports He's so funny. Gear. What is it about it? Like that is so simple. Like them just looking at his tight little body and going, you know what? Shorts. Yeah. Just shorts. Yeah. Let's put him on a bike. Yeah, bike and yes. shorts. <laughs> you know, the scrawny so white legs. Oh. Yes. But uh so are the characters of Charlie and um and Simpkins. Like, are they meant to be gay on some level? Like, as in, not with each other necessarily, but like, you know, I just have trouble with the. Well, I don't know because it's camp. So, what mm. are we saying here? We're saying that they're gay, but not. I or they're know. a little. They, they seem gay. Yeah, I think just well, they seem gay. gay. <laughs> because they because the joke is that they seem gay and they're doing gay jokes all the time, <laughs> but then like like because Charlie at one point goes. Double O oh. yeah. <laughs> How did you get that? Oh, because they looked at me and said, Oh, oh, oh. oh. And, <laughs> that was and so then good. Kenneth Williams goes, Kenneth Williams goes, Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So so then not sing about together. Just not sing about. It's so good. And but then there's something but we want to see them do, oh, to be with chicks as well. We go, Oh yeah, mm. that's good. Well, we want them to I don't be know. disgusted. Well, we <laughs> do want them to be disgusted. <laughs> Yes. So good when they that, that is it. better. That is always better when they're like when they're when Kevin Williams is horrified when he's like, oh, oh God, you know. Take them away. Yeah. Uh. Training agent Daphne Honeybutt, sir. Number. Thirty-eight twenty-two thirty-five. No, your number, not your vital thingamajigs. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I forgot where I was for the moment. Actually, it's four seven eleven. Uh, have you had any experience? Oh yes, a little. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Agent Bind. James? No, Charlie. Number? Double O. Oh. Oh what? I have no idea. And they looked at me and they said, uh oh. Oh. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know how to answer that question. Like All right. Well, I mean it's just because you could just say it's camp. camp but... Like mm. like a gay person, but he's just straight in the film, I guess. But then yeah. then uh Hawtrey's character is is ambiguous. But he's more is he more gay than yeah. Simpkins? In this one he is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad that we're getting <laughs> the tough questions out, <laughs> out of the, well, first, out of the way at the start. <laughs> who's gay, who's not? 
Well, some of my 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 two favorite parts, which we should probably talk about, is when they go to Algiers and they go to the fun house dressed as women. <laughs> that's that's great. They always do that, don't they? They've but always they got did the that scene in, in Carry On uh, Carry On Kyber. Kyber. They, mm. they dressed as dancing girls. Oh, that's, as well. yeah. 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 yeah, but th- but I just love that one spy who who, who is he? He's um, Harold Crump. He's playing that what I think is the the oud, which is like I guess you could say an ethnic stringed instrument, and just wailing in faux Islamic singing. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And this bit, this bit. <laughs> have to have her in here. That. <laughs> I mean, and you, and you could not do that today. There's no way you could do that today. There is no way. Uh, well, what's your second bit that you liked? Well, bit. before before we get off that, like he. It, commitment to the role, like it looks like he had a full body wax for that, <laughs> for that character because he's got no armpit hair, he's got no oh. chest hair whatsoever. He's had it done for this, <laughs> for this role very quickly. It's, it's great. It's a great scene. Mm. The dynamics of it is because because just to explain, it's the so the fat man he's got the the formula. Daphne needs to sort of get you know they're just as dancing girls. Daphne needs to sort of smooth him and get the formula out of him. Meanwhile, Harold is there dressed as the dancing girl, playing the ridiculous music. Sort of watch having to watch the the the, the girl that he is romantically interested in, you know, be sort of. Um, I don't know, aggressed by this this fat man. Yeah. And just the interplay in that whole scene is great anyway, mm. you know, the way they have to keep changing it up and dancing for him <laughs> and, you know, try. and the guy's like, oh, can't, can't she go away? Like like he's, he's horrified by, rightly horrified by Harold, whereas today he'd have to be like, oh, she's, she's beautiful, put her on Vanity <laughs> The fat <Fair."> best friend. <laughs> yeah, yes, the fat best friend. We have to have her in here. Oh, yes, she's my best friend. I'm her best friend. Yeah, we always go everywhere together. Yes, yes, I know, but it's time you and I were alone. And... Enough! Go away! Oh, no, you'll be very sorry. Uh, most men find her very exciting. Really? In what way? Well. Well. All right, my dear. Let me see your shimmy. Certainly not. Uh, your dance, Harriet. <laughs> Harriet? <laughs> Excuse me, please. Like this. <laughs> But the the scene before they actually come into the funhouse, when they're when he's first dressed in the burqa, mm. um, he says it's like being inside a letterbox, which <laughs> is it, it's exactly what Boris Johnson said a couple of years yes. ago. That whole thing about Islamic people being trapped in letterboxes. You know? <laughs> wouldn't be sur- I wouldn't be surprised if Boris has seen this film. These were two points. Two points of a, just a special breakout we'll do every now and then. It, it's called Race Relations. Hand in hand as you break 
Sorry, no, it's not you. It's the other one. The other, yeah. the other what? Um, Packy. Ah, oh. that's racist. So uh, that's a little intro to race relations, and um, you've already named the uh, the denigration of non-Western forms of music. Which is offensive because when you hear Middle Eastern music, you ha- you're meant to say that it's better than Bach, mm. <laughs> or something. I guess is what you meant to say. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we've got cultural appropriation. Um, well, then you just mentioned it. Sorry, the, the the dancing girls first. The letterbox thing, which is just, I mean, think about that. That line survived forty years or something for Boris Johnson to say it whenever he mm. said it. So it was. So that means Boris Johnson's a bit carry on. I, he's knows. like a carry-on character. He would he is, be, he is. definitely. Ca- carry-on PM, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there's heaps of other cultural appropriation in it, in this film as well. Um, it, there's characters wearing non-Western attire. So we've got Fez wearing a Fez, fez yeah. mm. which can't do anymore. Uh, snake charmer outfit, can't wear that <laughs> for some reason. And and yeah, obviously the Islamic, uh, Islamic dress, calling it a post box, can't do that. We've also got Simpkins um, browning up, I mm. think, to blend in in Algiers, which because there's that d- d- demarcation between his neck and his face, yeah. so he's got like a white <laughs> neck, and so he's browned up. He's done it. He's gone for it. But the biggest one, the people of Algiers being besmirched as rapists. Yes, did you yes, notice this? I did notice this. Yeah, so they say that Daphne couldn't go out because she'd mm. be. He says yeah. they say stuff like they've got a prob they've got a thing about white women, <laughs> and then there's a line I don't even understand. They say says something about detergent, oh, detergent yeah. people, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like that is a type of racism. I don't even un- I don't even know what, what it means. <laughs> We're gonna split up and search this town from top to bottom, right? Crump, you take the top bit. I'll take the middle bit and bind. I can imagine. And what about me? Oh, yes. Let's see what bit you can take. Oh, no, no, sir, please, no. I, I don't think Daphne should go out alone in a place like this. I mean, very funny things can happen to white women, you know. Oh, really? What? Well, I, I'd rather not say, but I don't want you finishing up in a hurry with 50 other women. Oh, I should think not. Oh, that's silly. I know the fat man better than any of you. Look, I took mental pictures of everyone who was in that Cathy Mozart. No, dear, I think Harold's right. There are a funny lot about women out here, especially white women. Oh. Uh, detergent lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, dear, you better stay in your room like a good girl. I've got a personal story about this. One of my wife's uh, former colleagues went to Morocco for a holiday with her then fiancé. And uh, her fiance was approached, and and she's uh, of I think like like I want to say Norwegian ancestry or something. Very blonde, very mm. blue eyes. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> and her uh, her fiance was approached by a man and was offered a hundred camels to to take her. Wow. Good price, good price. Hard to knock back. <laughs> um, and yeah. this was That's this crazy. was maybe ten ten years ago. So what you're saying is. This was a documentary. Yes. <laughs> it was that 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 what happened to Daphne, what could have happened to Daphne, Daphne is still happening. Yes, hundred yes. camels. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, he, that is a lot. And what wait, what, what what was the implication that he would she that uh, he just gets the woman? Mm. Yeah, gets the woman. Imagine gets that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and since. After that, after that experience, uh, she covered up. 
for the rest of the stay oh. in, in public. Yeah. No diggity. You got to bag it up. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. Even she gets it. She's oh. like, she, she, she looked in the mirror and said, I'm too hot. I'm too hot. I got to lock this away. Well, that's all the headdress is. A hundred camels. She's working it all right. She, she must be it, fucking hot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that equates to in OnlyFans tokens <laughs> or whatever, but it seems like a lot. Yeah, right? I think you'd be in the top top ten percent of earnings <laughs> with that amount, that amount of camels. <laughs> Uh, so many good bits. I love my fa- one of my favorite bits was Daphne's photographic memory. Mm. Yeah, that's I good. loved this, and and it was it was full commitment because we had it was used uh, con- conse- like it was consequential in the end because she needed it to to remember the formula, mm. which was great, and and that, so I loved that being dramatized like that. But it was really sweet and cute the way she looked at a bit of paper and closed her eyes, and we heard a. <laughs> A camera sound. It went shh. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she looked, she was looking for the fat man in the, the uh, what is it, the fucking uh, alley of a thousand artisans or whatever it is. And she, she goes through the pictures in her mind of the people's faces. <laughs> and it's so simple and, and really imaginative, you know. It's not just, uh, you know, running around doing puns. It was It's, it's, it's next level, mm. you know. No. Nice, love it. Now here's a complete list of the European offices with the call signs and frequencies which we will memorize and then destroy. Yeah, you haven't memorized that already? Oh, yes, I have, sir. Why not? Yes, she has, really, sir. She's got what they call a photographic memory. Photographing memory? Yeah, you're having me on. No, I'm not, sir. Go on, Daphne, tell him what it said. All right, then. Top secret. Call signs and frequencies of European offices. Paris, 910 metres. Call sign, La Plume de Matante. Brussels, 640 metres, a pound of sprouts. Copenhagen, uh, 673 metres, call sign, out your father. Berlin, 1,250 metres, call sign, up your... I do, Chief, she's right. Remarkable. Well, on the photographic memory bit, I also, I love the weird mind control machines that they put her through to try and extract the information. That's kind of, it's it's very 60s clockwork orange. Mm. It is, yes, yes. Yeah, it was all brain disintegr or Barbarella or something like mm. you know brain brain disintegrator and mm. whatever. Start the brain disintegrator. You are completely in my power. I am completely in your power. You will answer all my questions. You will answer all my questions. No, you will answer my questions. What is your name? You are completely in my power. No, no, I am completely in your power. What is your name? My name is Dr. Crow. What is your job? I am head of stench, an organization designed to rule the... What am I saying? You're supposed to be answering the questions. What do you want to know? That's better. What is the formula? You are completely in my power. Oh, I give up. I can do nothing with this monster. Can I go now then, please? Yes, go for heaven's sake. Yeah, well, the, the, the other stuff I liked um, 
was everything in the lair I thought was hilarious. Like mm. going through that weird conveyor belt machine. Austin Powers. Mm. Sort of stuff. Mm. Yes, very Austin Powers. And the Dr. Crow is, uh, for some reason, she's really funny to me. I don't know why. The, the voice is weird. <laughs> what the are you look saying? is weird. <laughs> I'll be I'll be consulting with you in our Me Too section. But now, look, I mean, yeah, she was fascinating. She had a funny, funny face and mm. a funny voice. <laughs> she did. What can you do? You know, is, is like, she dubbed? It wouldn't. Has she been dubbed with yes. a, with a funny voice? But, oh, yes, dubbed right. with a song. Did you think that that was the real voice, AJ? For goodness' <laughs> sake. <laughs> sort of like a Peter Lorre weird German sort of inflected mm. accent, you know. And I don't know. It was yeah. She was just like S- sounds a, funny a bit body. like knickknack, you know, knickknack from um, uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. Who's that really oh, short guy? Yes. Uh, Hervé Villachez. Yeah, his name? <laughs> sounds from a bit like that. Zeppelin. <laughs> I think he was a real hound. Oh, was he? I think so. I have to check that out. That's like, that's like Mini Me. I think Dinklage paid him in a movie. Oh, really? Uh, Apparently, Mini Me is the same. The guy who plays Mini Me was a (laughs) Vern Troyer. I think he's dead. He is. I think he killed killed himself. May he rest in peace. I feel like I should pour out some liquor for Vern. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. I am Dr. Crow. You are surprised? Yes, I am. I expected you to be a man or a woman. I am both. The first of a new super race with the combined mental and physical endowments of both man and woman. You must have great difficulty with your clothes. Enough. Now, I am prepared to be lenient with you, my dear, if you will tell me the details of Stark's formula. We've destroyed it. But not before you are able to use your... Remarkable photographic memory on it. And I have ways of unlocking the innermost secrets of the mind. Nasty ways. I'll never tell. I'll see you in hell first. You cannot pit yourself against stench. Stench is invincible. No, I love all the stuff in the lair. Yes, yeah. And and I love when... Uh, when the double agent makes makes uh, Dr. Crow reverse the machine and they just basically play the footage <laughs> at twice backwards. the speed yeah. backwards and Gee. they get the clothes back. And <laughs> it's, it's no, but that, no, but that scene's great because it's, a, it's sort of like a Chaplin-esque giant factory, like modern times mm. style, yeah. you know, getting caught in a machine thing, but, but a lot simpler than Chaplin, Chaplin's gags in that. But still... Um, and it's a wonderful way to get everyone in their underwear, which which is which is essential to this, to this this type of movie. You know, I don't know. There's something funny about the guys with their socks pulled up mm. and in the, in their with their boxes on. But you also need a you know a Barbara Windsor with her jubblies. Like there's something funny about you know those awkward guys. They're all awkward mm. guys. Like there's no Sean Connery no. amongst them. You know. Mm. Former bodybuilder, uh, Sean Connery. None of that. It's like just these awkward guys, you know, who might be all down at the pub. You just see them skinny, fat, or sturdy. And then just Barbara Windsor as well. Like, that, like all the running around in their underwear. That's funny. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and what is that hairstyle that Daphne has? 
you know, she looks like a mushroom. Was that was that a thing? Mm. <laughs> we'll we'll never know because it's like, you know, it's a movie, so it could be. I don't know whether whether that was a '60s style or whether it was just, you know, because it's obviously different to a carry-on camping haircut, which is the pigtails. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Maybe they were trying to make it more like, yeah, more business-like. Yeah, mm. more spy-like. Yeah, spy-like. That's <laughs> 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 but don't you think it's brilliant that the lair? Is underneath British intelligence. That was amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. That yeah, that is good. that is the just the jack in the box. Mm. Like, that's perfect. That's that that is. I went. I was just like, yes. And I thought that's actually quite brilliant mm. as well. Like that could be in a real Bond movie almost. Yeah. Yeah. That you was, know, no, like that was where really good. the best place to have your HQ would be underneath <laughs> MI6. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of real James Bond films, and this I'm, I'm going to take from trivia for just a second here, this film shares a surprising number of similarities to The Living Daylights from 1987. Both films were made at Pinewood Studios. Both films share the same countries visited in the film stories. Oh. Uh, the Living Daylights has a milkman character with exploding milk bottles. I remember that. Yeah. And both films share some of the same crew and technicians. That's crazy. And that was made 23 years later or something. Yeah. Mm. I, I was struck by just randomly how the, the representation of Algiers and the sort of the, the cultural stuff was pretty much the same in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only 15 years later or something. Yes. It's like, yeah. like, like shit. Because now the whole big thing about indie now is like, oh, you can't do, you can't do that. You can't have, you know, you just wouldn't be able to shoot that straight mm. up. Like that's why they, they just, they don't bother. Um, but it's the same. It's just like, you know, you've got probably John Williams's version of, of Middle Eastern music or whatever, mm. yeah, yeah. and people in turbans running around. And I think there's a guy with a monkey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, big scimitars. Like, mm. just it's it's Orientalism of the highest order. <laughs> yeah. You know? Did you did you catch that thing where they're they're interrogating Milchman in the in the factory, and he's been stabbed or something, and um, he goes, "Ooh, ah!" And they ask him, "They like what? What was that? Say say that again." He's like, "Ooh, ah!" And then um, Hawtrey goes, "Sounds like the Chinese are mixed up in this." <laughs> oh, 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 yes. See, and now it's come full circle. Now you could say that. Publicly, yeah. Well, you, you could, you know. but you couldn't because you wouldn't be released in the Chinese market. So, well, that's true. That's true. No, but that that was a nice bit of, um, I guess, just proof that Britain was, you know, just they just didn't have many Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, that's weird. That's weird. They're that's weird. weird. What's mm. that all about? <laughs> you know? Uh, just just uh, on, on, the, on the headquarters, there's a nice quote there uh, where they're down in the headquarters. And I think um, Kenneth Williams goes, this must be the headquarters. And the camera cuts to two hot female stenchmen bending over. And then Hawtrey says, oh, looks more like the hindquarters. <laughs> Yes, I, I did see that. <laughs> Troubling. <laughs> did you find it weird that the rival female spy, like how when they see her, I think I think it's on the train, 
they they play like this sexy saxophone music. Is is she hot? I I couldn't tell. Oh, was that um, weird? And then and then no, Hawtree, when she was hot Hawtree sometimes, was kind of like oh. Mm. Well, she was she had good curves and all that. Mm. Like she wasn't like you know. But we but we'd also seen her a few times already in mm. the film, yeah. so it wasn't like it's the first time we've seen her. You know. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, so. you're the target market, so I'm saying that if you don't think she's hot... <laughs> then she ain't hot. That's a problem. Maybe she's 1964 hot. Maybe mm. things have changed. Maybe, but some, yeah, some stuff changes, but not Barbara Windsor's hot. Mm. That's true, yeah. You know? Yeah. She's got a classic look. That's what, where it's difficult. If you've got her in the movie, then that's right. whoever the other chick's going to be is, you know, yeah, it's I don't hard. know, Sec- mm. second fiddle. Mm-hmm. Um, how many how many gags can you have involving prop radios? <laughs> oh yeah, my favourite's the one that comes out of the like the bra. That's the best one. Yeah, <laughs> the bra. That's the good one. But the, in, talking into the snake is also awesome. yeah, that was good. That's good too. Makeup that compact. Was good. Mm. You know, like it was. Um, that's so simple. Mm. All right. Well, I think it might be that time. Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those so what do we got? What we got? We got up first, uh, suitors for you. We have Kenneth Williams as Des- Desmond Simpkins, codename Red Admiral. Strong. <laughs> it is strong. S- strong name, you know. So it's, uh, I think names do, you know, something in a name. Mm. So I reckon 40s. If I had to say an age, maybe 40s, I think. Mm. Um, he's got his hair, which is, you know, that's always nice. good. Government job, um, globetrotting sort of spy stuff. Sounds pretty exciting, I guess. Um, not sure about the pay, but, you know, it's important work. Uh, it's Cold War on, I guess. Um, now, when a man travels to exotic locations, mm. you'll rightly be concerned about what he's up to. That's true. Okay. Now, if you're worried about him frolicking with some woman, trust me, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I've given you everything you need to know. Okay. Okay. There is nothing to worry about him being <laughs> with a woman. Now. <laughs> is it is it worse okay. when they're with another woman or if they're with another man? Mm. Oh, I, never, I don't I never know. Kiss and tell. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, but uh, but I will muse upon that. Uh, second up, we have Dr. Crow. Uh, sort of uh, <laughs> upper. Now, upper middle-aged. Mm-hmm. So, I want to say middle-aged, but it's that when people say it, sometimes it, may, it could mean 40 or it could mean, you know, 60. Mm. Uh, it's more of your 60, I think, here. Um, they're their own boss. That's true. Uh, mm. So... Big startup by the looks of it. Um, global reach, you know. <laughs> fan of simple stylings, not too much flourish in terms no. of clothes and whatnot. More just like black jack boots and sort of skivvies. That's true. Um, so I guess that's one less thing to worry about. <laughs> um, allegedly the first of a super race that blends the mental and physical endowments of oh. men and women. Oh, but the voice is a higher register, mm. so I don't know if that's a deal breaker or not. Depends how much they've got to say and whether that really 
whether you like the voice or not. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to hear each other talk. So, that, yeah. That's Dr. Crow. I didn't leave anything out there, did I, Ricky? That's pretty much all the good stuff. <laughs> are, are we saying they is non-binary? Mm-hmm. Look, I don't make presumptions, you know. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? What are you meant to say now? If this was now, if Dr. Crow came in and said, hello, nice to meet you, what would you say? I don't know. I'd say hello. <laughs> would, you say, would you say hi? Or would you say, hi, what do you got going on down there? What do you got going on down there? What's, yes. what's going on down there? Declare your, your genitalia status to me right now. And they go, it's not all about genitals, all right? Anyway, let's go on a date and you'll find out later. Oh. <laughs> so, anyway. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> so, we have a keeper or creeper. We have uh, uh, Desmond Simpkins and mm. Dr. Crow. AJ, talk to me. What do we got? What do we got? So... Dr. Crow. I like the fact that they are a doctor. <laughs> That's good. <Yeah>. Very good. <laughs> Very good. But yeah. mm, prestige. The, yes. the the voice. The mm. voice was no good. Okay. They could be a linebacker. And I'm into big dudes. So Yeah. But But are you into mm, big Argos. Bit of an Argo. Big thems. Big thems. Bit of a, I'll yeah. go them. Yeah, but nah. people, do you know what? You, uh, so creeper. Yeah, creeps. Okay, all right, that's creeper. But do you, have you noticed that no one, if someone says they're non-binary, or you read about someone being non-binary, I've never heard anyone ever say like before or after that information. Oh yeah, but they're really ugly. <laughs> like no one ever says that. Do you know what I mean? Like like whereas you could say. About a chick or a guy, you'd go like you go to Cl- about you know a guy who looks like Clint Howard, <laughs> you know you just go oh he's totally ugly, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Or a chick like you know she's a dog and you go yeah she's oh, totally ugly. But if someone says they're non-binary, you would never ever hear anyone say yeah oh that's cool that's cool yeah man I'm all, I'm down with all that that's ugly as sin. <laughs> it's a hate crime. You know, well, <laughs> but it is a hate crime though. But it's not because you can be non-binary and hot or an ugly, right? I, I don't think you can be non-binary and hot. <laughs> See, that's a hate crime. <laughs> that's the hate crime. You just said, are you saying a lock or whatever that guy's yes, name, yes. person's name is? Oh, isn't God. Hot. AJ, yes, you know I a am. lock? I don't think so. Oh, a we'll lock. send you a photo later. <laughs> no, hold on. No. No, I need to know now. This is this is keeper or creeper. So, um, just just here we go, AJ. I'll just put a link in here for you because this is important. This is this might this could flip Doctor Crow. That's why I'm giving you this. If you look at this and say that's my jam, then maybe Doctor Crow's back from creeperdom. Oh. So this is a lock. A lock. Mm. Oh no, no thanks. No. <laughs> By the way, oh, chunky, that chunky ass. Big chunky ass as well. Oh, that's good. Bit of a you bubble like a butt. Ass. <laughs> Have you seen that, Ricky? Uh, I'm scrolling through the photos. I'm not seeing any ass I, shots. I just sent you one. Uh, and um, you can still see it lifting the leg up. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So not even fit. No. Like, like, what? See, they don't have to we... be fit. But that's the thing. Okay, now I, are these different issues? Because, <laughs> like, what if you're non-binary or whatever the whatever the hell 
Alok is, how come you're above normal? If you're in, in living normal world, like that, if you don't, if you don't go to, if you're not on a campus in, in like Melbourne University or something, then you have to abide by people, someone behind your back or whatever going, oh, geez, fucking ugly or. Oh, you fat pig! Like, like you know, like, like, <laughs> like, like. How come a lock gets away with it? Like, like, I don't care about their preferences. What I care mm. about is that that ugly, uh, totally ugly, and out of shape. I, I, I think, yeah, I think Creeper. the label, the label gets them a pass on being fit, but mm. but it's also a flag, I think, to to alert the general public. To their mental illness. So if you <laughs> then, <laughs> if you then like criticize them in any way, like you'll be contributing to their mental illness. AJ. Aren't you glad I brought it up, AJ? <laughs> oh, so glad. <laughs> See, you were wondering where this was going. There it was. That's where it was going. So Dr. Crow has a mental illness. <laughs> that's true, AJ. That's true. How dare you? <laughs> Say, say creeper. Say creeper. You, you right. can't well, reject that. Oh, I don't I want know, that shit can't. going down on me. <laughs> there are articles <laughs> written about, you know, why aren't my non-binary friends getting fucked or something like that. <laughs> I feel like Dr. Crow would have been part of that <laughs> part of that cohort. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, it's creeper. Uh, that is Creep. that is all to say that Dr. Crow is a creeper. <laughs> Kenneth Williams as Desmond Simpkins. What have we got? What have we got? Um, I can't say keeper. He's a joke of a man. <laughs> but I do love him. His <laughs> uh, friend but material. I love him. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd be best mates with both of them. Friend I, I zone. The, Wait a minute. You'd be friends too. with Dr. Crow? No, 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 no. No, no not Dr. Crow. The other gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the other one. <laughs> ah, excellent. Well, it's not excellent. It's a creeper sweep, unfortunately. Uh, but um, I learned a lot about, you know, I don't know, mental illness. Where did you get the Okay, so you ready for some trivia? So uh, this is the last film of the series to be shot in black and white. Um, I think we mentioned that already. Uh, it's the first ever James Bond spoof movie and Barbara Windsor's first appearance in the Carry On series. Uh, Barbara Windsor recalled that whilst filming the scene on the conveyor belt, Charles Hawtrey fainted. She thought it was due to fright, but it turned out that he was drunk. A unit nurse innocently asked if anyone had tried giving him a tip of brandy, to which Kenneth Williams scoffed, that's the last thing he needs, dear. Oh. oh the quips were flowing even off camera. Yeah. <laughs> but that's such an old school thing, like like giving someone like a like like a medical expert like suggesting you take take alcohol to mm. to calm your nerves bit, and stuff. Bit of brandy, bit, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, a hysterical woman usually needs a good slap. It's true. Oh yeah. Isn't that isn't that what's what's good? Bring that's that to what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Albert R. Broccoli, uh, Broccoli and uh, Harry Saltzman threaten legal action over a plan to name a character James Bind 001. So uh, producer, the producers changed the name to Charlie Bind 00, which is, fun- <laughs> which is funnier. The 00 is. is funnier. I mm. like that better than that chick being given 007 in the latest 007. Oh. Mm. 
right. She should be double O O. Double O O. Imagine that. But that. Well, I don't even know what feminism would say about that these days. Is yeah. it good? Is it not? I don't know. You know. I don't know. So the cinematographer of this film, uh, Alan Hume. Uh, would go on later to shoot three Bond films, uh, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, and A View to a Kill. Oh. Uh, now, I, I do have a great story about the first meeting between Barbara and Kenneth. So, on her first day of shooting, Barbara Windsor asked friend and co-star Bernard Cribbins if there was anyone she should be, be aware of in the cast. And he said, oh yeah, Mr. Kenny Williams. He doesn't like anyone new on the show. And as it happened, her first scene was with Williams, whom she admitted uh, to being a big fan of. Williams, uh, who was uh, playing a spy, was wearing an absurd false beard. And when Windsor fluffed her first line, he flared his nostrils and said, oh ducky, do get it right. Uh, she knew uh, she knew he hated Fenella Fielding, so she said to him, "Ear you, don't you have a go at me with Fenella Fielding's minge hair around your chops? I won't stand for it." And William said, "Oh, ain't she lovely?" And they became the best of friends thereafter. That's so amazing. Williams, Williams even accompanied Windsor on her honeymoon. Oh, as a fag hag. I want. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the fag, she's the hag. That's right. I want Kenneth on my honeymoon. <laughs> that would be funny. No sex stuff, just because he's funny. Yeah. yeah. You know? Hilarious. Just a little bit of light entertainment. Yes. Mm. Uh, if I was you, I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. Me too. Heavens to Bechdel, here we go. So, as we know, Bechtel test, uh, informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. A worker is said to pass the Bechtel test if it has two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. So, we have Daphne Honeybutt, who talks to a beautiful trans woman, Dr. Crow, <laughs> um, who is kind of a boss bitch CEO, and they mainly talk That's about true. the formula and shit. So. Mm. I think it passes. Wow. Yeah, I think it does. I think it passes. And if you say it doesn't, well, bigotry is all I'll say. <laughs> here, are the, here are the charges. Um, you might think it's progress to feature two flaming queens <laughs> in Simpkins and Charlie. <laughs> but all I see is cis-hetero adjacent hegemony. Gay men are the new straight men. Okay. So keep that That's in mind. That's true. Disgusting. Uh, Carstairs dresses as a sultry woman in Vienna and says, Good evening, darling. You would like to come home and see my fine old Viennese etchings? <laughs> Beg pardon? You would like to come home and see my fine old Viennese etchings? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I cannot because I have broken my looking glasses in two different places. All I'll say, Ricky, is that if a, yes, a gender-fluid woman, trans woman, whatever, comes up to you and says, I want you to show you my, I want to show you my fine Viennese etchings, <laughs> you will say? Yes. Correct. <laughs> Your career is intact for another day. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to keep you guys safe. Okay. In, 
In Hakeem's Fun House, which is a brothel, let's be real, okay, it's a brothel, it's not mm. fun, okay, the name of which hints at the attitude of the filmmakers. Clearly, it's all a bit of fun to them. The sexual exploitation of women, it's not a bit of fun, okay? It's a workplace. Sex work is real work, like any other. Some people are in accounts receivable at a medium-sized firm <laughs> and others... And and others receive a medium-sized firm member into them for money. Okay, twenty twenty-two perfection, perfection. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> so inside, uh, we are treated to Daphne and Harold attempting to steal the formula from the fat man, who becomes so sexually excited he chases Daphne around, and we hear this exchange. Blue bottle to Red Admiral. Come in, Red Admiral. Red Admiral here. It's about time you called. What's going on? <laughs> Never mind what's going on. It's what's coming off that worries me. <laughs> Listen, Daphne's with him now, and he's got the formula. Is she getting it? <laughs> no, but she will any minute now. Yes, well, and there you have it, folks. The idea of Miss Honeybutt getting it is not just a punchline here, but truth in jest. Why, as soon as they said it, I for one pictured Miss Honeybutt bent over an antique couch, looking back at me with coquettish eyes, mouth half open in anticipation of just how she was going to get it and the ways in which I wanted to give it to her to make sure <laughs> no. she got it good. Jesus Christ. Okay? And this is just not something I should be put through. So uh, we are somehow meant to accept Daphne and Harold uh, as some sort of heter this heteronormative couple. Uh, you know, we're meant to accept that and invest in them, which is difficult because there's no cucks, no bulls, no pegging <laughs> thruples or demi boys to hook us in. So, and but the only truthful moment in their relationship comes when Daphne is drugged on her bed, and under the guise of trying to rouse her, Harold takes off her clothes on uh, in an attempted rape, which is pretty much how all heterosexual couples come together. <laughs> And finally, well, second to finally, Dr. Crow, uh, I suppose having the head of the evil organization be a gender fluid or, or gender queer individual is funny. Let's all have a laugh at the fat old woman, them with a, with a, with a weird voice. Trans women are women. Even if they are global terrorists hell-bent on destroying society, they should be treated with care and dignity, AJ. We've <laughs> obviously got a bit of work to do with you. Oh. Uh, that's all there. <laughs> And finally, Ricky sort of prefigured this earlier. Um, you know, the guards are mostly women uh, in the lair, and I suppose uh, Ricky might say slamming bodies or something <laughs> equally disgusting. Uh, well, slamming they are in, in, in black cat suits, and we're treated to a quick, quick cutaway after, after this line. Bargain basement, <laughs> kitchenware, underwear, camping equipment. It must be their headquarters. Looks more like their hindquarters. And there is nothing appropriate about a woman's derriere squeezed into tight leather bending over until the material is stretched uh, so tight as to be about to burst sending butt cheeks flying this way and <laughs> that <laughs> <Ooh>. imagine that <laughs> imagine it's like the exploding that. exploding head yes 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 <laughs> uh, well then that's all I have did I miss anything or um, oh, I guess there's no people of color in this in this film. 
Yes, well, I thought we sort of so. covered that in race relations. But, you know, <laughs> browning yeah. up and whatever. Mm. You think, how does it rate on the Me Too? I think it, I think it, it, it rates quite highly um, for its cultural insensitivity, but in terms mm. of the Me Too scale... That's right. I don't it's know. It's quite low. Quite progressive. Well, it, it, you know, I don't know. It, it depends. But I, I feel like, you know, Dr. Crow being, you know, because people hold up Ace Ventura as being sort of transphobic or whatever because of um, the monkey. <laughs> Oh yeah. So I feel Dr. Crow's in the same category right. here, and uh, you know we've got women, you know, just dressed up as toddy the whole time, and uh, mm. in, in in brothels, and yeah, the ra- there's rape culture abound. Oh, that's true. So <laughs> I don't know. It's all a bit of a joke. The rape culture. Mm. So I don't know. It depends. It's mm. high. It could go. Could go either way. It's high. I forgot about all that stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to give it a 10, but I don't want you guys to be bullied. If you think it's less, you just give it, a, you give it less, and then that's okay. I, I think it is pretty high. Yeah, nah, it is. 10. I've changed my mind. Yeah, well, full, um, full marks. Full, yep. you know, full that, pussy hat. Full mm. pussy hat. That's, that's 10 out of 10 pussy hats mm. for this, for this particular <laughs> film. I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. Which is a fine way to end the end the just the, the year really. Mm. But um uh just quickly, look, doesn't need to be mentioned really, Bibometer, uh quantity zero in to you know, sort of Front, full frontal, but mm. quality is still very good. Barbara Windsor's prior record has been taken into account, so mm. you know the rating. There, there, there is that scene where she shimmies, and you do see a lot of a lot of movement. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. So, look, I don't, I don't know. Maybe a sort of a half slide whistle, half slide whistle. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe the downward slide whistle. Oh. <laughs> That could work um, because then it's sort of like half mask. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> like I feel like, yeah, see if I can get it here. <laughs> For your half mast. I did. Anyway, there you go. So, my review today comes from Eric Stevenson of the Internet Movie Database, otherwise known as IMDb. Eric's review is titled Better Than the Previous One I Saw from 2018. Okay. I admit that I didn't think too highly of this, seeing as how the first carry-on film I saw was just okay. This, on the other hand, was better and enjoyable. This film focused a lot more on comedy and was definitely more entertaining. Was this the first spoof movie ever made? It's obvious that it takes elements from James Bond, and this was when those movies were first coming out. I'm glad it ended up being better than Woody Allen's Casino Royale. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's taken out the trash. He's like, you know, like, have you ever been hated and discriminated against? Like, like he's going back, like, Casino Royale, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there so you go. Good. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> nice. Nice. Again, 2 a.m. reviews probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so good. Should should anyone write anything at 2 a.m.? I don't know. No. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that wraps it up. Uh, another great year. It has been a good of, year. Mm. Side boob. Um, we've covered a, we've covered a lot of ground. This mm. Year. Mm, yes. Lots. Uh, well, lots to come. You know, next year I, I want to do some De Palma, get some Russ Meyer happening. Yes. I think we'll do some Woody Allen um, because you know, as I've told you, AJ, um, I think he's innocent. Uh, I didn't think he did anything wrong uh, there. Uh, the Sunni stuff. Uh, we'll get into that. That's a whole different deal, but uh, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Mia's crazy. She's a liar. Um, <laughs> and, <I said. laughs> and of course, uh, we can look forward to Black History Month and Australian History Month. Mm. And we are going to uh, bring in a new month, and that is Pride Month. Well, we're always trying to do We've always said this. Do, you know, they keep saying, do the work, do better. I mean, you know, I feel we're doing that. Yep. And and all your favorite features, don't worry. They're all coming back. You know, me too. We've got, you know, Keeper or Creeper, you know, still pushing, you know, trying out new things, race relations. I don't know. It might have been a bit of a wash tonight, but we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes long term. Um, you know, always new always new stuff, evolving, changing, growing. <laughs> um, boobometer. I mean, I bet you didn't think yeah. that there would even be a boobometer. You were like, <laughs> what is this? You know? and, and now you can't live without it. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> that's all there. Well, we said what we said. Fuck, man. Got pretty dicey <laughs> in the middle. Mm. <laughs> As it should. That's true. Uh, yes, we said what we said. Until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Nothing to worry about him being <laughs> with a woman. Okay. Surprise.